Hello and welcome to Meraki Unboxed once again. My name is Simon Thompson, host of the show. And uh, this week we have a really exciting conversation where we're going to focus in on some of our uh, technology where we open up what Meraki is capable of using our APIs and we allow our partners to come in and do something pretty cool and creative uh, with that technology. So that's the purpose of today's show. And um, before we get into that, I just want to quickly remind you that uh, this show is available on all of your popular podcast platforms. I'm sure you know this if that's how you're subscribed. It is also available on YouTube. We do have some people who like to listen to it on there. So whichever way you are hearing this, uh, do please subscribe to the podcast. And of course, then you will be notified when you get those uh, updates approximately every two weeks. And we love to get some feedback about the show as well. So there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can reach out to us through the community, the Meraki community at community.meraki.com. Alternatively, you can reach me directly on Twitter at Meraki Simon, one word. And that will find me, and I want to hear your feedback. So please do let us know what you think of the show and what you'd like us to cover next. All right, so let's get into our show today. And we've got a couple of folks joining us today. I've got Alicia who's here in the room with me. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Simon. It's actually Alicia. Alicia. <laughs> No Absolutely terrible. Okay, so this proves that it's recorded live. Um, uh, let me see if I can get the other person's name right. Matt. Hi, Simon. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Slightly less of a challenge. Did I say Alicia? Yeah. Alicia, oh dear. No biggie. Does that happen very often? It happens all the time. And sometimes I debate. That's why I got I paused. I was like, should I correct them or not? <laughs> okay, Alicia. I'm really sorry about that. Um, okay, so Alicia, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do for us here at Meraki. Of course. So my name is Alicia Lorenzetti. Uh, I'm an ecosystem uh, business development manager at Meraki, and I manage 80-plus uh, ecosystem technology partners. Uh, my team works together with technology partners to allow uh, for integration between their solution offering and Meraki technology, uh, which Simon alluded to. Uh, this includes integrations between uh, network dashboard, Meraki AP scanning data, Meraki camera data stream. We they actually leverage all that information to uh, create a solution to help people further their business mission. Uh, so ultimately, Technology Partner Solution uh, pulls the mass data available from a Meraki platform uh, to offer real business insights and values to customers and partners. Wow. That's quite an introduction. Yeah. So you that, that keeps you pretty busy, I'm imagining. Oh, yeah. It's a full-time job. Full-time job. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so why why are folks investing in uh, Meraki Technology Partners? So what, why do they take that approach and, and find us through them, essentially? So companies are realizing there's an economic, uh, operational, even security uh, benefit for utilizing um, Meraki, mm -hmm. uh, data from Meraki. So more and more Meraki customers want to hit the ground running. So by investing in a turnkey tailored solution offered by our tech partners, um, they can hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. um, in order to drive immediate business value, uh, customers prefer easy out-of-the-box solutions that can be implemented very quickly. Uh, they want to leverage their data right away so they can um, get desired business outcomes by leveraging the data. Right. So it's about, it's about what you can do over and above the, the simple technology that we provide for from a networking perspective to, mm -hmm. uh, to turn key more solutions, essentially. Uh, in addition to that, um, Meraki Tech Partners have been vetted and approved by our team. Uh, so there, there's a formal relationship where we really evaluated these guys to make sure they can bring real value to our customers. Okay. Um, and, and, that, and those who have been vetted and, and passed the test, so to speak, um, we've considered experienced professionals in respect to their fields. Right. 
So let's talk about the technology partner that uh, we're, we're talking to today. We, we already mentioned his name, uh, but what, uh, which, well, tell us about the company. Uh, yeah, so today's featured technology partner is Armis. Uh, it's a great example, or they're a great example of a technology partner uh, who has built an, an incredible security solution on top of the Meraki uh, technology. So they offer an additional layer of uh, visibility and security uh, for unmanaged uh, IoT uh, devices. Um, and that this solution is not available to this solution is not available uh, with Meraki standalone. Okay, mm -hmm. and that's exactly the reason why we're having this conversation today because we want to yes. talk about not really Meraki so much as what can be done over and above once we have these technology partners leveraging our platform. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Matt, uh, time to bring you in, I think. So let's start off with a quick introduction. Tell us all about uh, who you are, what you do, a little bit about your background, maybe. We'd like to just get to know you a little better. Yeah, thanks, guys. <clears throat> so uh, as you said, Matt McKinnon, I'm part of the Product Management and Technology Alliances team at Armus. Um, and so I get involved anytime that Armus is going to work with a technology vendor uh, like Meraki and do some integration and build something kind of interesting. Um, I came to Armist about a year and a half ago, really because of the importance of what, um, what Armist does. I've been in the security business for a long time, and I worked in endpoint security where we were solving problems for Mac and Windows and Linux devices, but we really didn't have an answer for everything else. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff on people's networks, and Armist really had a great solution to that. So, so that's what brought me over here. What kind of things um, are we talking about? So what, what kind of devices uh, are we talking about today? Yeah, that's a great question. So IoT, the Internet of Things, uh, you know, a lot of people think they, they hear that word and they think Fitbits and Amazon Echoes, and, mm -hmm. and those certainly qualify, but what we care about is much, much broader than that. In a, in a large enterprise, you've got IP cameras and smart TVs and printers. You've got HVAC systems and patient monitors, and robotic arms, even things like an oil rig and industrial control systems are all being attached to the, to the network now, and these all have to be uh, secured and managed. Right, and that must be one of the biggest headaches, I imagine, because uh, I mean, we've, we've quite a few of us, I suppose, are starting to deploy these things even in our homes. So we've got a sense of what we're talking about. These little devices, of various kinds, and of course, Meraki has cameras as well. And you know, who who knows about the future? Uh, but you can imagine that this could be like a Pandora's box of of challenges from a from an IT perspective, right? It it is. The, the growth here is staggering. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, you know, Gartner would predict that over 25 billion devices will be connected to the internet by 2021, 90% of those will be what we call unagentable. Uh, that means you can't install typical antivirus and, and protection kind of technology on them. There are things like cameras and, and otherwise that they have to be managed some other way, have to be secured some other way. And so there needs to be a solution to identify those things and determine whether they're behaving appropriately on the network or not. And if, if customers don't have that, like what if they don't have something like your solution, then how are they getting around that challenge? Well, people are trying, right? Obviously, uh, you know, nobody's just completely ignoring the problem, but people are trying with things like network access control, mm -hmm. firewalls, or agent-based technology. And each of each one of those strategies um, has its weaknesses. You know, network access control um, lets something on the network, but it doesn't know whether it's behaving appropriately when it's on the network or not. You know, firewalls are good at blocking at the edge, but the sort of network perimeter is really poorly defined in most places. And as we already discussed, a lot of these devices, you can't install an agent on them. So all the classic agent-based technology doesn't work. So a lot of the traditional tools just simply don't work for these new devices. But these are um, IP-based technologies, right? So you're, you're connecting to the network in the usual way. Have I got that right? Or is there any other way that these devices are connecting? 
Correct. These these devices are all, all connecting over the IP network and communicating classic classic you know IP networking ways. Right. Right. Yeah. So I can see how that could become a challenge because you you've got setting up different rules for all these different devices. It could get pretty overwhelming quite quickly. I'm sure. Correct. All right. So that's that sounds like pretty interesting technology. Then. So you're you're clearly helping customers to integrate these IoT devices uh, into their own environments. Um, tell us a little bit about the connection with Meraki. Right. So the the way let's talk for a second about kind of how Armors works, and then it'll be more clear why you yeah. know, why Armors or Meraki is such a a good relationship for us. So um, what Armors needs to to do its job is it needs visibility of what's happening on the network. We're completely agentless, completely passive. We don't poll or scan or probe or, do, or create any traffic on the network. So that means we need to read data or listen to what's happening. Uh, in a classic enterprise environment, we'll listen to a, a, a you know, raw network traffic off a span port. We'll grab logs off of a bunch of different places, wireless LAN controllers, network equipment, and otherwise. Where Meraki is so great to work with is because of that cloud-based solution and because of the rich set of APIs that are there, we can get pretty much everything we need from a data source directly out of the Meraki APIs. And we can turn on an Armis uh, integration with Meraki in about 10 to 15 minutes, swap some API keys, and things just work. We don't have to deploy any hardware or any technology on the customer's network. All right. So it really, it is the fact that we've opened up this this data, essentially, via the API that enables all this magic to happen from your perspective. It's uh, It's obviously helpful. You, you got it. The APIs that Meraki has published are uh, are exactly what Armas needs. And uh, you know, how do you find? I mean, obviously, you, I'm sure you work with uh, with APIs and other vendors as well in in a in this kind of function. Um, how do you find the Meraki APIs to work with? It's probably a leading yeah, question, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little dangerous question, isn't it? But yeah, Meraki has been terrific to work with. They, um, you know, we've exercised the APIs that are there pretty extensively, but we've also collaborated with the API team really carefully. Um, We've asked questions about how best to use the APIs. Uh, the, the API team has coached us on the best way to, to get the data we need. Anytime we've we've even asked for some enhancement requests, and we've got and we've got some improvements made that make our job a little bit easier and make the the whole system um, quite streamlined. So yeah, this is a great collaboration for us, a great partnership for us, and. Uh, and, and in the end, we're creating a great product for, for our you know, mutual customers. Yeah, and it's it's clear that you're having some success with this as well. I mean, you've been in the news a few times recently. So uh, what, what, tell us a, a little bit of some of the, the headlines there and how they might be of interest to our audience. Yeah, two, two really big things that have been in the news recently. Um, you know, we've been around for, for a couple of years now, and we were recently uh, acquired um, at a $1.1 billion valuation. So that was a pretty staggering number. Nice. but. Uh, it it really is going to help accelerate all the plans that we've um, that we've had in place, and we're still still on the same growth path, expanding globally, um, executing on a roadmap. But having one single investor to really help drive that uh, is going to be a, a big uh, benefit to us. Mm -hmm. The the other part of uh, Armors in the news is that uh, we have a research team that does research into vulnerabilities in these types of IoT devices. Uh, not too long ago, we published a, a, a vulnerability that we uh, named Urgent 11. Um, we've done two others, the uh, Blueborn and Bleeding Bit, and we're continuing to invest in these things. But Urgent 11 was especially uh, interesting because uh, it was a vulnerability in the TCP IP stack of a real-time operating system called VxWorks. Most people never heard of that, but VxWorks runs on everything from um, PLCs and MRI machines to firewalls and printers and airplanes train control system. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of thousands of devices out there that run this, this operating system. Um, we found some pretty serious uh, compromises or vulnerabilities in this 
uh, not compromises, but vulnerabilities in this operating system. Yeah. Uh, went through the complete responsible, you know, uh, the responsible disclosure. Worked with all the vendors. Uh, presented it at Black Hat. Made it made a big splash for ourselves. But you know, this is for me one of the really fun parts of working at Armist because it shows our commitment not just to to developing technology, but also to really improving the overall security and health of this kind of these kind of technologies in the in the market. Mm. So I'm mean, really you're, you're part of this community, essentially, as I mean, this is such a an interesting part of, of work in tech is that we get to work with you know, similar complement companies with complementary solutions. Sounds like you're a major contributor there. Yeah, the research part of our, our, our you know, company is, is really important. It's sort of foundational to who we are and how we think we need to behave in the in the ecosystem. Mm hmm. No, I, I let's let's just uh, we're going to take a little bit of a step back, if that's okay with you, Matt, because I'd I'd really like uh, those who've joined us today who maybe are less familiar with um, IoT beyond the hype that they've read about in uh, in the press. Um, you know, maybe they are starting to think about why they might want to implement this and and how it may be uh, a challenge to do so if they decide to go down that pathway. So I wonder if you could just help us. Maybe just explain for for those who are who are relatively new to the world of IoT, what kind of challenges you can encounter as you go into that world, and maybe some examples that uh, that you've helped to solve. Yeah, happy to. And and examples of things that Armors have seen is is a really great way to talk about kind of what we do and and to help make the problem real for folks. So right. um, obviously, customers are sensitive to having their names used, and so we'll 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 do this by anonymizing the the information, of course. But mm -hmm. the first and number one thing is that. Most people just simply don't know what's on their network. So simple visibility, the number of devices and the types of devices that are on a customer's network is, is often a problem for people. We often find 40% more devices actively communicating on a network than the customer act, active, you know, actually expected. Right. So that's a really big eye-opening moment for those customers. The, the, other, the other thing to do is talk about sort of examples of things we've seen. And I like to categorize those into three sort of types of things that we've seen. Um, first is classic enterprise IT stuff. Second is medical, because frankly, I find that absolutely terrifying. Um, and then third, there's just some interesting stories. So mm -hmm. uh, in the visibility category. So classic enterprise IT stuff. Any office building we walk into, we see things like smart, TP, smart TVs, IP cameras, wireless printers. Well, we found um, smart TVs that were uh, already compromised and were actively trying with, with malware and were actively trying to connect to other or any Bluetooth device uh, in the in the office building. Mm -hmm. We've seen IP cameras that are connected to botnets that are exfiltrating data um, uh, and moving video um, off of the corporate campus. We've seen wireless printers that have an open hotspot acting as a bridge. They're connected on one side, wired into the corporate network, open Wi-Fi hotspot to allow anybody to connect uh, and pull data in and out. These and these are common. We don't see these once and once or twice. We see these a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a worrying aspect, isn't it? I I think uh, I mean I I plugged uh, I got I bought one of these things that uh, can turn your lights on and off by just <laughs> clapping your hands or something, and uh, and I got freaked out at some point. I was like, I don't really know what else this thing's doing, um, and and so I guess this you know it sounds like there are plenty of examples of this, um, not just in the domestic environment but but in the professional environment. I mean you you know you talked about medical that must be a pretty scary one as you said. It it really is you know and and in the medical world. Um, you know, for, for good reasons, hospitals and, and doctor's offices have been connecting equipment to the network. It makes it easier to service them. It makes it easier to get data in and out and patient uh, patient data and those kind of things. But that also makes these things, you know, um, you know potential to be compromised. Yeah. Um, we've, we found a uh, infusion pump that was actually connected to a patient working that was compromised with malware. 
and the hospital actually had basically had to take a nurse and make have the nurse go sit next to the patient and watch to make sure that the infusion pump didn't do something wrong while it was connected to a patient. Um, we've seen MRI machines communicating to a command and control server in Russia having been compromised by uh, WannaCry because a lot of those things are still running Windows XP from however many years ago that was. We, yeah, we've seen medical crash carts um, rolling around the you know uh, ER floors um, with connections into Facebook and clicking through to phishing websites and things like that. Not an actual compromise, but clearly a very unsecure behavior. It, it really sounds like, you know, this, this is a, a Wild West situation in some ways. You <laughs> yeah, know, you've, really. got, you've got this new sort of form of technology that we all know is going to be incredibly valuable and is here to stay. There's no question about that. Uh, but so this creates all kinds of challenges, but also opportunities, of course, for businesses like yourselves. It really does. And, you know, the, the visibility piece is another, another angle that, you know, folks just under, don't understand. And your example of the things in your home, you know, people bring those things to work. Uh, and what mm. happens when you bring these consumer devices into work? We've seen things like a Peloton bicycle connected to a secure network on a manufacturing floor. A guy wanted to work out at lunch, um, but <laughs> what, what that shouldn't be that shouldn't be there, right? Yeah. Um, the other one that we see all the time is people bringing gaming consoles into professional environments. Mm -hmm. uh, employees on retail showroom floors using gaming consoles. Again, is this actually a compromise? Not necessarily, but it's a but it's an indication of a network that's being managed in a way that allows unsecured things or very compromisable things to be put on the network. Right. I think that's the essential one is compromisable because even if it's not a problem today, it could become one if it is not uh, sufficiently locked down and, and protected in every way that we can think of, right? That's it. That's exactly it. So we uh, most enterprises have a really great strategy for how to manage you know, Mac OS devices, Windows devices, Linux devices. These mm -hmm. are sort of more well-known, lots of good technology out to do that. All these other things, it really is. Uh, there's just, just and, and there's new things coming out every day. So how, com, how coming up with a solution to identify them and know whether they're behaving appropriately or not is, is a big challenge for most most people. And you're definitely reminding me. I mean, while, while we're talking about all this, I'm thinking back to the early days of Wi-Fi. It was a long time ago. Most people probably listening don't even remember that long ago. <laughs> um, but what uh, what I seem to remember was that there wasn't a lot of Wi-Fi in the in the office, and uh, people were still you know using Ethernet jacks and desktop computers mostly. And the thing was, it started to appear. People would bring in access points and just plug them into an Ethernet jack and have a wide open Wi-Fi network. All of a sudden, you've got all kinds of potential issues. You know, your entire corporate network be av being available in the car park outside the building. So it's it is when these new technologies come along that they sort of start to push the boundaries a little bit and and challenge us in IT in the tech world to really make sure that we've got uh, the solutions in place to take care of them. It, it, exactly right. And as you as you said, Wi-Fi is especially a big enabler for this because. Everybody expects everything to be connected right now, mm -hmm. and it's it's an expectation. Whether it's a consumer device or an enterprise device or a, you know, manufacturing device, it, people assume it's going to be able to be connected, and that has a lot of business value to it. But it also brings in exposure to everything that you connect. Sure. So I think the case is pretty clear. Um, let, let's think about um, Armis. You know, obviously, you guys are, uh, as you've said, you're your key players in this industry. You're, uh, you know, you're contributors to it as well with the uh, with uh, with the conferences and the research that's going on and so on. Tell us a little bit about what distinguishes Armis in your mind from from others out there. Yeah, there's, there's sort of two ways to answer that. One is what makes Armis unique, and then what makes Armis plus Meraki unique. So Armis on its own, um, there's other there's a few others that try to do some similar things that we do, but but nobody has the breadth that we do. You know, our, our knowledge base of, of devices that we can you know correct behavior for 
is over 10 million different device profiles. Mm -hmm. And that spans every industry you can imagine, whether it's enterprise IT and healthcare, like we've talked about, retail, manufacturing, energy, building management, smart buildings. We see devices in every one of these places. And because the system is cloud-based, and that knowledge base of devices that we recognize and understand is constantly growing. It gives us a breadth that um, that just nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And when you start to combine that with Meraki, then well, you know we're a cloud-based solution. Meraki is is clearly uh, got a customer base that's very cloud-friendly and understands the the scale that cloud can bring. So we layer on top of Meraki a, a, a visibility to devices, but not just the visibility, but also their behavior, what they're doing, whether they're risky and vulnerable. Uh, and really helping their customer to leverage the investment they've already made in Meraki and get a whole lot more using that that technology investment that they've already made. It's awesome, and I, I absolutely love hearing these stories uh, directly because we you know, we we spend. I mean, I, I work in the marketing uh, department at Meraki. I spend all my time telling the world through every channel I can think of, you know, how we make life uh, easier. We provide this great uh, platform to enable others to focus on what their mission is all about. And obviously, with Armis, that's that's you know what you've said out there. It sounds as though we're doing a pretty good job, at least for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we couldn't be happier with the uh, the APIs that are available and the collaboration that you guys have provided. Uh, been a been a pleasure to work with, and and the customers are responding, uh, you know, to, to to show us that we're doing the right thing. Okay, so uh, I mean, this is a uh, as we've said during this conversation, the, this is definitely an area where I suspect there are probably are uh, people listening who. Uh, new to this sort of IoT thing beyond just the hype that they've heard about and they're sort of thinking about how they can make sure they're as protected as possible if they start to explore moving in this direction. So how can they find out more about um, Armis and, and the information they need to help them? Yeah, so the obvious places, uh, you know, Armis.com, of course, has a lot of information. There's a whole page dedicated to uh, our relationship with Meraki and how the integration works, you know, solution briefs, architecture diagrams, all the stuff you want to know to be able to see more. Um, of course, LinkedIn and Twitter and all the places to follow the news that we're that we're involved in, um, and then of course uh, the Meraki App Store. We are we are part of that and have been, and uh, you can you can find us there. And I think there's even a video of how the solution works there. Oh, awesome! So people can just go and uh, get a refresher after this conversation. Uh, so that's that right. sounds good. Thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, that's that's been really helpful, um, Alicia. Let's let's turn it back to you for a second. I want to ask you. Let's just broaden this. Take a step back. Take a breath. Take a breath. And uh, we want to help people explore how they can potentially go on a similar kind of journey. So, you know, where can the audience learn about the the sort of technology partner program? Armis is an example, of course, uh, but also our other seventy five or whatever it is. How many is it now? I think it's eighty. Eighty technology partners. We yeah. like round numbers on this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere around. Easy there. to remember. <laughs> so, where can people learn more? Yeah. So. Um, uh, the great thing about Meraki and Armis together, uh, we're really addressing uh, the audience out there, the customers, our customers that are already here. Mm -hmm. I just want to emphasize that, you know, people that are already using Meraki, of course, you could bring on Armis. But for anyone who happens to be listening, who's considering Meraki Wireless and want to uh, invest in Meraki Wireless and Armis together in their very first uh, Meraki purchase, we're mm -hmm. also talking to you, right? Um, but uh, but to learn more, uh, visit the Meraki Marketplace. It's actually apps.meraki.io. Um, and if you visit there, you'll vis you'll actually be able to see uh, all the 80 plus technology partners that we work with, including mm -hmm. Armis. In fact, if you go there, there's a, a search engine. You can type in Armis. Armis's listing will appear. You can learn a variety of different information about them. You can see use cases, uh, videos. Uh, to Matt's point. Um, 
uh, what else is there? I'm trying to think. Screenshots of the product, yep. uh, that sort of thing. But the most important thing that you're going to find uh, on the Meraki uh, Marketplace is the request a demo feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really want anyone who's interested, if this intrigued you in any way today, again, whether you're already a Meraki customer or if you considered Meraki Wireless in the past and really want a wireless solution that takes security to a whole nother level, uh, definitely go to the Meraki Marketplace and uh, request a demo. It will actually route to myself and Matt's team. So we'll work together and uh, and get you in front of a demo. You could take a look at Meraki. You could take a look at Armis. You could take a look at both. Awesome. I think this is uh, you know really one of the most exciting things that we're doing uh, here at Meraki is mm-hmm. you know we're getting we're getting beyond just the the essentials of providing the infrastructure to get everything connected securely uh, to make most of the efficient interconnects the simplicity we talk about all the time. It gets exciting for me when we actually start to talk about how we're part of a solution with another vendor who's focused in a slightly different area, mm-hmm. but is able to leverage Meraki technology because it's easier and they can get to the final goal they're trying to get to as quickly as possible. So it it, it's a, it sounds like a very uh, interesting world. And I think I would definitely encourage uh, those of you who are listening uh, to go and check that out, uh, whether you're interested in sort of starting to deploy technology like IoT yourselves. Maybe you're even interested in becoming a technology partner with Meraki and you've been inspired by what you've heard today. Uh, there's plenty more we'd love to talk to you about on there. So do follow the um, the website. What was that website address again, Alicia? It's apps.meraki.io. Got it. Apps.meraki.io. All right, all day. <laughs> awesome. And, and so if you have been inspired or you, uh, you like what you've heard here today, um, let us know how you're using. Tell us what IoT devices you're deploying any challenges that you've had, that'd be interesting to know. Uh, but also any other technology partner sort of solutions you'd like to hear about on the Meraki Unboxed podcast, because we'd love to do more of these. It's really just uh, brings to life uh, what we're able to do with the technology. So just as a reminder, the best place to do that is probably the Meraki community. I think that's a really nice environment for uh, for getting into a conversation uh, f- amongst those who are doing similar things and just getting into that. It's not just purely Meraki folks. It's people like yourselves who are actually deploying the technology and getting uh, getting these technology partners solutions in place as well. So community.meraki.com will be one place you can use that. Uh, and once again, you can reach me directly online at Meraki Simon on Twitter. I should probably do something else on Instagram or something or whatever. What do people use? I don't know. Twitter works fine. (laughs) So let's use that. Um, Matt, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us today. My pleasure. Really enjoyed it. All right. And Alicia? Yep. Thanks a lot. Enjoyed it as well. It's been fun. We'll do it again soon. Uh, All right. So we'll be back with Meraki Unboxed in about two weeks from now. We look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Bye for now.